Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. Yeah, well, welcome back after Game Week 7. I'm Alfie, your host. Alongside me is a man who has just booked a two-week trip to Florida for a retro family holiday. It's the man with the stats and the beard. It's Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Hey, mate. Hey. Looking forward to that? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's not just booked, though. It's been a while in the pipeline. Oh, you only just told me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll deal with that when we come to it. <laughs> Call back up to the first team after his recent transfer. Stepping in for the secret journalist It's the delectable and somewhat shell-shocked Spurs fan. It's Top Marks, a.k.a. Will. Welcome back, Will. Thank you, Alfie. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, mate? Mm. I'm very... I was there last night and it wasn't... Um, <laughs> It was a rather traumatic experience. Okay, so we will we will talk about this later in the show. But what we're going to do right now is talk about what is coming up on today's show. Uh, part one, we have the full Game Week 7 review. Looking at FPL draft and fan tracks, and I'll be asking the boys here our quiz question. Part two, a full debut for FPL success story, Matt Kearney, who will be using his experience of top-level finishes to answer your questions in Tactics Truck. I'll also be on the phone to Tommy Gunn, who insists he's sticking with his Burnley core. Part three, we'll look ahead to Game Week 8 with some insight from FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra. And, of course, we ring the changes to our podcast, FPL Team. Part four, it's the clean sheet forecast, plus the answer to our quiz question. And, if you're lucky, a beer recommendation. Before we do our Game Week 7 roundup, here is the quiz question. Alan Shearer is one of five Allens to have managed in the Premier League. Can you name the other four? Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know two off the top of my head. All right, all right. Yeah, keep exactly. It, keep it in your pants. You can think of two very quickly, mm. can't you? Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd start off the show with a nice bit of Alan going on. Okay, right. Let's do our Game Week 7 roundup. Yes, indeedy. Leicester singing from the same song sheet as they bang out a massive scoreline to the tune of 5-0 against Newcastle. Milovojevic scores his one millionth penalty as the Eagles show the Canaries who's boss. Spurs do their best to win, but not win, but then do win, but then do win. Wolves devour Watford in a relegation six-pointer. City win, shock. Bournemouth are hoping they will soon be king of the best of the rest battles, but West Ham slow them down with a draw. Liverpool with a little help from Henderson. No, not that one. Sneak a win past a rather sturdy Sheffield United side. Man United and Arsenal prove that they are rubbish and should be put in the bin and will I never Chelsea actually keep a clean sheet at home against Brighton with Hudson Adoy coming on and making an assist of himself five clean sheets this week yeah five Liverpool Chelsea Palace Wolves Leicester assist king was Kevin De Bruyne with two assisting defenders IK Evans Coleman Peters Loughton Luton Loughton Loughton whatever his name is and Gilbert uh, goal kings with Jamie Vardy with two goal scoring defenders this week Ricardo Doherty Cresswell uh, own goals Jan Matt and Jummet and red cards with that bloody Burke wasn't it Aurier uh, this week's top performing players across FPL on draft is Dotty, uh, Ricardo, Vardy, Josh King, and Fantrax. Uh, more or less the same, but Mares is the top player there. Mares. 
Some stats for you now. Stat. Ali Gunnar Solskjaer is now officially worse than Jose Mourinho. Man United have won just 49 points in their 28 Premier League games under OGS. That's two fewer than they did in their final 28 under Jose. <laughs> Another stat for you. Leicester's win against Newcastle was their biggest margin of victory in a top flight game since uh, 1987. Uh, and Jamie Vardy now has 14 goals and 17 appearances under Brendan Rodgers. Wow. Another stat. Bukayo Saka is the youngest player to ever start in a Premier League match between Man United and Arsenal. He was quite good, wasn't he, Nath, that, uh, Saka? Yeah, he was good. He really showed up Pepe. I think Pepe's not looking great, is he? Pepe, I think he could be doing that sort of pretend to be George Ware's cousin thing. <laughs> £72 million pounds worth of George yeah. Ware's cousin. This week's top performing players in full. For FPL and draft, we've got goalkeepers Juaita Patricio, defenders Doherty, Ricardo, Evans. Midfield, 11-point Jorginho leads a whole host of 10-pointers. And forwards, Vardy, Josh King, Ings and P. For fan tracks, Nathan? Uh, goalkeepers are the same. Uh, in defence, it's the same, but VVD makes an appearance. Midfield, Mares actually leads Jorginho with Anderson and Ndidi also sneaking in there. And then the forwards, Vardy is closely challenged by Raheem Sterling. Mm, so not massive differences. In, okay, right. Form players uh, for the past five weeks. This is the average points, not including bonus points. Uh, Guerrero is uh, still the most informed player, uh, closely followed by KDB and Salah. Other than that, there's no real big surprises. You can work out those for yourself. Uh, things we learn from game week seven, gentlemen. Um, I think you mentioned it before, Nathan. Nicholas Pepe. Mm. Mm, interesting game. 72 million, zero chances created, one shot on target, one foul committed. Is that positive or not? One successful take on 77% pass accuracy. That is not good, is it, Nate? No, he kind of, he looks a bit like a competition winner. He reminds me of when I used to play pub football. You used to get this kid that would turn up and he'd be really quick, like look like he could be a decent player, but would insist in playing in his tracksuit bottoms. He's that kind of player. <laughs> <laughs> tracksuit bottom player. Uh, and Will, I mean, uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about something else, but hey, let's talk about Spurs and that 7-1 defeat against Munich. You were there. Um, I mean, it feels embarrassing to say it was 7-2, Alfie, not 7-1. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it felt like a 7-1. It felt like a hammering. Yeah, it was. Um, I left at 5-2, 5-9, um, obviously. I mean, no, 5-2. It was a score just... I haven't really formulated my thoughts on this. It's all a bit raw. I've actually blocked somebody on Twitter because they started trolling me and I was like, I'm not having this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Serge Nabry was pretty tasty, wasn't he? Um, Nathan, another one Wenger deemed not good enough. Yeah, he's uh, one of a whole host of um, players at the moment that were under Arsenal. You've got um, Benacer at AC Milan at the moment. We've got a few others. Daniel Mallon at uh, PSV as well, all performing well and let go in the latter days of uh, Wenger. But Gnabry's standing out. To be fair, he couldn't even get in the West Brom team when he was on loan there under Pulis. So he's obviously has turned around his game. He looked absolutely deadly last night. And he has looked like that for Germany in the last few games as well. Yeah, I think that's what happens when you go and play under a proper coach, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 
Ouch, meow. <laughs> Saucer of milk, type of Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, so, Will, uh, what is the big issue with Spurs at the moment? There was talk on, did you see this thing going on the internet about Ericsson and Fatong having a ding dong because uh, Fatong and wanted to ding dong his wife and stuff like that, even though he's not married. Uh, have you heard about that? I've, I don't pay attention to those to Twitter rumours. Um, no, I just, look, I think the team, as I say, it started really well. We were, we were cutting through Bayern yesterday for the first sort of 25 minutes. Then we kind of run out with a bit of steam. But um, Ali was playing well, you know, and Dombele was playing well. Sizoko was playing passes that were like, I didn't think he could play. Yeah. Uh, Kane played a lovely pass that wise. You know, Aurea is getting involved. We didn't take our chances. Son had more than, you know, he scored once, but he could have scored twice before that. And Dombele could have scored. We used to, when we were good, we used to really press and overwhelm a team. And we're not doing that at the moment. We're Mm -hmm. kind of having a little bit of a good period, not overwhelming them. They then were playing good quality teams, obviously. And they're buying them turn up and and score a couple of goals. And then it's difficult for us. And then we kind of start the second half on the back foot chasing the game. And 7-2, obviously goals change matches. So when you've got, when you're down chasing the game and you've thrown on more attacking players and taken off defensive players and the whole team's pushing up the pitch trying to get a goal, obviously you leave yourself open for ex-Arsenal wingers to come on and score an embarrassing <laughs> amount of goals. Um, so, Will, is there, um, very briefly, is this is this a, a long-term problem? Was this just a freak result? Well, we won't be playing Bayern Munich every week. So... I think the result is slightly a freak result, um, but there is an underlying problem. There is, I think, Poch needs to get into the team. He needs to get the team working together. He needs to get everyone fit on the same page, playing as a unit, playing as a unit for 90 minutes, not for 20 minutes here and there. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do over the you know, with the international break and, and the coming matches. Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, Nathan? Again, I think it's known that I've got a soft spot for Spurs as well, and... It feels like the end of the line for this team at the moment. I think Ali, like Will mentioned, had some good, um, did some good things in the first twenty minutes or so, but isn't the player he was two years ago. And I think he's struggling to find his proper position because he's not really a number ten. I like him as a number eight, and I like him as a striker, but he's not really played in either of those positions for a while for Spurs. And then Serge Aurier just is walking liability. He's great fun, isn't he? He's great mm. fun. Uh, oh, never mind. Eh? So we're all selling Spurs players and definitely not buying them then. Um, and that's it. Right, let's have a look at the FPL results. Uh, Will, how did you get on your FPL team result this week? Uh, fine. Um, above average. I've got, actually, no, bang on average, 51 points. Um, I had that wonderful Spurs fullback, Serge Aurier, in my team. <laughs> Uh, who got himself uh, sent off at a minus two. And this is this follows a game week where he had a goal. You know, how can Spurs are the only team who could be 2-0 up and end up losing 2-1? Serge Harry <laughs> had a perfectly good goal disallowed um, because Son's armpit hair was combed the wrong way or whatever. Um, and that was a 14-point swing, you know. It's like suddenly he's gone, we've gone from being 2-0 up, I've got a clean sheet, I've got bonus points coming out of his way, I've got a goal, and then they lose 2-1 to Leicester. And now he gets sent off, so I'm not happy about that. Um, so 51 points. I had Abraham up front. He missed three big chances. Um, I'm not happy about that. Last week, Aguero missed five big chances against Watford. It just feels like I've got the players to do well, 
and it's just not happening for me at the moment. You can put them out on the pitch, but um, you can't make them play. That's how it works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so in contrast to your FPL result, Will, our team podcast uh, result, we did all right. Uh, we did 67 points last week, uh, we, but this week we did 69. So we're going up. Like you said, Will, the average was 51 well points. Yeah, um, because we had an extra transfer in the bank. We traded out Pookie for Tammy Abraham, who uh, but it was equal points. We didn't lose anything there. Uh, but our main transfer was trading out Ceballos, thank God, for McGinn, who uh, repaid... Um, our faith by scoring not just once but twice but having one chalked off isn't that right now? Yeah. Happy days. Uh, we chose Salah as our captain uh, but we could have maxed out by selecting Ricardo Pereira of Leicester of course and that would have been tasty. I think I did suggest that but I was laughed out the door. Uh, our defence of Schmeichel, Ricardo, Robertson, Trent and Ake who got an assist performed well again contributing 36 points to our tally and that is a tasty defence. Not sure about game week eight, though. Mm. We've risen from 812,539 to... You ready for this, Nath? Yeah, I'm ready. 318,513. Mm. How do you like them apples? Tasty, tasty apples. Uh, we're discussing our changes for game week eight in part three, of course. Right, the highest scoring FPL manager for game week seven. <laughs> Congratulations, Venomous Bruyne Greyjoy of Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> Whose team, Vipers Sting, amassed a fantastic 118 points. Uh, call me a cynic, but Venomous Bruyner Greyjoy sounds like a made-up name to me. Um, perhaps uh, an algorithm? Do those things exist? Maybe. Maybe he's a, a Russian bot. Russian bot or just a massive uh, Game of Thrones fan. Uh, he or she amassed those points, by the way, by having Doherty, Vardy, KDB, and captaining Harry Kane uh, and Patricio and goal. Ugh. Now, he or she is up to a whopping 6,645,748. I think... Very much a one-off. Maybe just a one-off, yeah. Uh, The top FPL manager overall. Congratulations again to Egypt's finest, Madhat Shorky. A legend. Yeah. Uh, For remaining top of the table after squeezing out uh, 41 points this week, so not the greatest below average. Uh, Now only sitting four points clear with a total of 530 with... Who's hot in his heels, Nathan? Another Egyptian guy? No, it's David Crowley of the USA. USA! USA! (laughs) Yeah. All right. I've got some team names. Uh, Will, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if anyone tunes in at the wrong time, we're going to come across as a completely different podcast. eh? Um, Some team names for you now. Will, you'll like these. Um, Slam Dunk Van Dyke. Sorry, I'm not to like. That's great. <laughs> I don't I mean, get. Brilliant. I don't get it. Yeah, you don't have to enjoy it. You just have to react. Slam dunk Van Dyke. I don't yeah. get it. What's it mean? It's. I think it's meant to be slam dunk the funk, but it's slam dunk Van Dyke. Oh, I just thought it was so bad. I put it in there. Well done, Derek Smith. Mm. Um, another team name: Central Heaton. Yeah, that's but, good, right? Mm. Dan Carter. Uh, another one: Egg Fried Royce. <laughs> no <laughs> it's not Premier League uh, I think the ironic thing is the voice in certain parts of the country that would be correct wouldn't it yeah Cathal uh, Walsh well done uh, Nathan you got a name haven't you I've got one from uh, Jack Riley Dick and Don Belle. <laughs> 
Bogies. Yes. Okay. Well, good. I like those. I think that's become my whole the, the, the that's become my favorite thing of the whole show. Those names. Hey, uh, guys, listeners, FPL players, if you want to join our league, it's up and running. Yeah, if you just go to our Twitter page, Ultimate F Pods, um, you'll find the little codes. I'm going to put a tweet out there, but just going to go join, join the ranks. Yes. Okay, draft fantasy now. Oh, Will, look, I know you play draft fantasy as well, but. Our draft league this week was party to the worst transfer ever made <laughs> in the history of life. <laughs> Will, do you want to know what this is? I mean, you won't be able to guess. Um, right. Just no, tell me, please. Okay. Um, Rashford, right? Yeah. Bear in mind he was injured. And this or, is an inter-team transfer. This is in, yeah. Rashford for Greenwood. scary isn't it that's yeah um, great so basically who, manners, who was on the receiving end of that so, so basically manners had rashford manners is top of the league by complete luck he's um and rashford gets injured so he thinks oh i'll just ship him out as he contacts my mate he just picked up greenwood down, out of the freeze bin out of the freeze bin because no one wants him because there's a million strikers better than that right and he just goes yeah. i'll swap you rashford for greenwood how does that happen what a lovely man. <laughs> Maybe he's just a nice man. He's not. He's a fool. He's a fool, I tell you. <laughs> uh, never mind. So anyway, that's good. So, Nath, that means you're off the hook for bad transfer dealings with your Bernardo Silva thing. That's true, but I've done the analysis and Bernardo Silva wouldn't have changed any of my results so far. No, because you've got an awful side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, Nath, you got finally got found out this week. Um, mm. Your smash and grabs have finally come to an end. Although you did actually put in a decent point return, but yeah. lost 54-50. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. I mean, actually, I did another bad transfer. I took out Wijnaldum this week. Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? And those he's... points would have got me over the line. But he hadn't done anything and... Uh, you always risk yeah. taking them out, and that's just how it works. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I had a pretty decent week, didn't I? Here we go. <laughs> I won, Tell us. I won 76 to 34. 76. Wow. Yes, thank you. Uh, Ricardo, Vardy, Perez, Trent. I gambled on Hudson-Odoi. He got an assist. Um, and I drafted in two players just for this game week, Waita and Gilbert. Collectively got me 14 points. Gilbert got an assist. That was quite lucky. But that was nice, wasn't it, eh? Mm. But, um, yeah, my my team's all about the defence. I'm not sure Game Week 8 is defence-friendly, actually. Uh, Tommy Gunn, who the people might know, beat league leader and all-round apparent participant Manners, the guy that gave Rashford away. And looking at our table, interestingly enough, the team that has Sterling in our league, actually, is rock bottom. Yeah, that's weird. What a waste of a player. Uh, I'm third on player points, just ahead of the secret journalists. And Nate, languishing in ninth. Yeah. Big changes to come to your team? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up already. No, um, my team's been getting better, but the results just aren't reflecting it. No. <laughs> you like what you're seeing on the training field. Fine. Yeah. Fair enough. I really thought I was going to win this week. I looked at it. Covered my bases, got my points, and then just he, he fluked it, didn't he, Ben? You got smashed and grabbed. Mm. Uh, Will, uh, in terms of your draft leagues, are there any players on your league's waiver you're thinking of gambling on? 
Um, well, I've had uh, I've got three draft teams, uh, two head to heads and one classic, and uh, I had two victories this week Ooh. and a green arrow in my classic. So I'm very happy with my teams. They're all doing particularly well. I had I had one Aldum in one team. Great, he scored. Had um, your your fantastic Leicester fullback in another team. So yeah. Happy days. All right. So the game week eight head-to-head fixtures in our league. It's my turn this week to go against Benny P and his Barmy Army, which of course includes Mane, McGinn, Erickson, and potentially Ben Mendy, the player I carried throughout last season. Uh, yeah, that'd be ironic, wouldn't it? Uh, Nathan, you're up against Tommy Gunn. Yeah, another podcast derby. Another podcast derby. You've got a great record. I'm two from two in those at the moment. Two for two. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Gunn, of course, gambled massively on Pepe and Ceballos. I'm sure he's happy, jabby <laughs> at the moment. He's gambled, oh dear. Can I just say, in my other draft league, just so people this can see that, that I do know what I'm know doing about, about um, that I am actually top and, what, and beat second place this weekend. This so-called other league. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's top. Grocott's Northern Torture Room. Yeah. Is, is that a friend of yours? Yeah. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a question for you both. Oh, okay. Well, Go on. Oh, I have a question for you about, about players and transactions. In this 14-team league, obviously it's very hard to get players. So one thing I've found myself doing is signing players who are injured in the hope that, you know, they're good players and when they mm. come back, they'll do well. So, like, I signed uh, Troy Deeney last week for Shane Long because Shane Long's just not really playing and I figured I'd rather have an injured Deeney so that when he comes back he could do something but what about players like Emerson and Stones and Trossard would you be getting them in now um, if you if you can harvest uh, sorry if you can harbour the players it's always worth it uh, I got Hudson and Joy in from day one uh, another one is obviously right. Ruben Loftus-Cheek a lot of these players they have a lot of credit in the bank mm. so you can trade them just before they come back from injury because people want want to be on that so it's always worth it's always worth getting them in isn't it yeah we've got a, a player in our league who's got that as a strategy he had a six <laughs> injuries at one point carrying Bellerin wow. Holding Tierney and a few others as well yeah he's got Allison mid, Liverpool midfielder what's his name Naby Keita Naby Keita but basically he's, he's basing his whole game plan on having these players and the potential of what they can do in the hope that he can trade them off. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad idea. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Troy Deeney's not speaking, necessarily... Speaking of, um, speaking of holding, you've reminded me, did um, did David Seaman ever play in the same team as, as Rob Holding? Why? Why? Uh, well, it's a no. great team name because you can have a team name then you can have the defenders holding, the keepers Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> So childish, so childish. But I like it. I like it. Uh, fact, David Seaman, ironically good at keeping clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Don't like my one then. <laughs> uh, okay, right. That's the that. Thank God, that's the end of part one. Uh, we've driveled on enough. Um, uh, don't forget, you can contact uh, us at Ultimate F Pod just to say stuff. Uh, don't go anywhere part two's coming up and part two we'll be speaking to Tommy Gunn uh, be talking a whole bunch of nonsense and very excited to announce we have FPL veteran Matt Kearney um, in our tactics track Matt finished with the top 3000 last year 
and uh, constantly finishing highly, uh, and he's here to answer your questions. Don't go anywhere. I've got one. Go on in. Go on. Why did the chicken cross the road? It feels old school. Don't know. To see the village idiot. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. (laughs) 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 Welcome to part two. Uh, Earlier on, I caught up with Tommy Gunn to briefly discuss a whole bunch of nonsense, including how his draft gamble and Pepe and Sabayas is working out. And also that Burnley core. Tommy Gunn, how are you? Alfie, how's it going, mate? You okay? I am great. I'm on the back of a uh, 76-point hauler this week oh in, in our God. draft league. That was, I mean, that's just showing off, isn't it? I mean... It's, 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 it's a bit obscene. But you it's, won again two weeks in a row, mate. I won again two weeks in a row. Um, what was good was the Mares uh, link-up. I was much maligned for picking him because he was actually available on the freeze at the end of last season. Do you remember? He was just yeah. floating about. Nobody even wanted him. But I, I think he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. And I just thought he will get the odd game and he's just worth having in your locker. Um, and sure enough, the burn core, uh, I've gone for a back three, which comprises Loughton, me, Tarko. You know, um, on its day, it basically means you've got circa 20 points there. Um, then you just need one goal from midfield and you're probably <laughs> over the line. <laughs> That's it. And let's talk about uh, your midfield then because at the beginning of the season in our draft, you, uh, well, you you gambled on Pepe and Ceballos. Um, yeah. But that isn't going to plan. I mean, his performance, Pepe's performance on Monday did uh, left a lot to be desired, as it were. He was He was awful. I mean, it was like watching a cart horse, wasn't it? I mean, he was literally just, he just donked the ball about, he ran about, he just kicked it just randomly. I mean, he was awful. He was my first round pick. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) I could have gone, I could have gone for, I think Aubameyang had already gone. I think Dow, was Dow in front of me? He might have been. No, he wasn't. No, Aubameyang was there. Oh my God. And I went Pepe first pick because I just, I was just so caught up in the excitement of a new player and I just thought, this is the guy. Um, Ceballos, I think, was, nobody was really talking about him. Nobody really, like, knew anything about him early doors. So I I think he was like fifth or sixth round, something like that. I just thought, I'll have him because I know a little bit about him. He's not really done anything. He had that one game where he had two assists that weren't really assists. He just took two corners and they happened to sort of scramble in a goal. Moving forward with your draft team then, is this is the Pepe Sabas experiment, are you going to stick with it or are you going to look to trade out or just hang on and hope they come good? I've had managers sniffing around Pepe. So that tells me that other people are as deluded as I am because other people <laughs> want him in their team. Obviously, but you know, why do you want it? Why would anybody want Pepe at the moment? Because he is playing very badly, but um, he's gonna, he's, he's, he's got to do something. He's a 75 million pound player, he's got to do something. He's got to get, it's got to be better than this. Uh, and I think we've got a run of relatively easy fixtures as well coming. I would say easy, a run of you know, perhaps winnable fixtures. And he just needs to be on the pitch and doing stuff. But I just think stick with it, 
apart from the um, the odd waivers and the odd transfers. But I'm not because I've, I've I've been sucked in by other managers too soon uh, in the past, and I've lost my good players early doors, and then there's just no way back from that. No. So you know, two out of two, we're on a trend. We've got Burnley playing at home next weekend. Um, you know, anything can happen. Let's uh, let's bring it on. All right then, mate. Have a good game week. We'll speak to you again soon. Okay, lovely stuff. Cheers, mate. That was Tommy Gunn, of course. Always a pleasure. Um, Nathan, you're facing that burn call this week of Tommy Gunn. Are you scared? No. I'm going to take him down. He's quite a jovial chap. He won't be next week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right now, we're going to go tactics truck. And I'm late. Like I said, I'm pleased to announce FPL veteran Matt Kearney, a.k.a. Bowstring the Carp. Uh, joins us. Uh, Matt finished within the top 3,000 last year, 126 the year before that, and he always finishes quite high, and this lad knows his apples, and that's why he's here to answer your questions. Tactics truck, tactics truck, I got a truck, it's full of tactics, it brings me luck and you will suck, because you don't have a tactics truck. Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, Matt Kinney. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Is it Kearney or Kearney you said, right? Yeah, yeah, you can call me Kearney. <laughs> Kearney, there you go. I knew I'd get it wrong somewhere. <laughs> AKA Bowstring the Carp, of course, as uh, people would know you by. Now, you're an FPL stalwart, a bit of a veteran, as it were, mm-hmm. with some uh, top-level finishes. Uh, where did you finish? Within the 3,000 last season? Yeah, just around the 3,000 mark last season. And uh, about 125 around that the previous season, so... Last few years has been good to me. That's that's very modest way of putting it. Um, and how how's your FPL season going thus far? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from great to really bad. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of having a bad season this this season. It's it's kind of very slow to start off. I think. Have you got the players you want yet? Um, some some I'm happy with. Uh, some I'm not so happy with. Some are injured. Actually, a lot of a lot of them are injured or suspended at the moment. So, uh, hopefully, that picks up over the next over the next couple of weeks. As they say, that's football. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Uh, so, talking about Man City, I've got a question for you from one of our listeners, um, and it's mm-hmm. from at Brywills one two seven. Given Kevin De Bruyne will be injured and uh, Bernardo Silva is looking to be suspended, what are the Man City midfield options looking like at the moment? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting now because um, obviously Sterling um, has kind of gotten his rest recently, so you'd expect Sterling to be quite safe for the moment, especially with um, Gabriel Jesus coming back into the side. It definitely puts Aguero uh, under a little bit of risk at the moment. Um, but I think most interestingly, uh, Riyad Mahrez uh, could be a, a, quite a good option now going forward. Um, you know, I've got an international break coming up. Um, I think Bernardo Silva has the FA has to has like um, before he has to kind of give his thoughts to the FA. Um, you know, if, whether he finds himself guilty or not. So a decision may be made over the international break, and I think we'll know more about how safe Mares is going to be when we find out if uh, Bernardo is going to be banned or not. But I mean, we've seen Bern- uh, Mares playing the last few weeks, and he's been. You know, delivering quite well when he's when he's starting. You know, he's got a good free kick, obviously from his time at Leicester when he was a lot cheaper than he is now. He was delivering really, really well. 
So I think the key for him is, is starting regularly. And if we're going to see that, you know, he could be a really, really good option. So does this mean um, managers should be shipping out Bernardo Silva then? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I think if you've got him at this stage, you might get the weekend out of him against Wolves. Um, if you've got cash in the bank, if you're lucky enough to have a bit of money um, set aside, you may be able to jump to, to someone like uh, Tamarez. Or maybe even to, to David Silva. Uh, now, we know he's he's probably not going to play two games a week. But again, when he starts, he, he can be quite a good FPL asset to have. So stepping away from the big team, the big hitters, Man City, are there any sort of players that uh, FPL managers should be really looking at for this coming game week? Um, well, I think, uh, I think Cantwell, you know, he's been quiet enough the last couple of game weeks. But I, I do think his underlying stats have been quite decent um i know norwich as a team don't perform very well when they're playing away but he's at home against villa this week and you know we'd kind of expect him and the likes of pookie to to maybe you know convert their stats into points this week Mm. i know a few people are kind of getting impatient with them now yeah cantwell is is one that i still think has a lot of value Mm, that norwich train is not set yet is it all right that's about it then matt thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts with us i do hope your fpl game week picks up and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Tatty's truck, Tatty's truck. I got a truck, it's full of tactics. It brings me luck and you will suck. Cause you don't have a Tatty's truck. And there you go. That was uh, Matt Kearney, aka Bowstring the Carp. I'll put his uh, Twitter link in our, in our podcast blurb so you can uh, go and look at him and stuff. I don't know. Or just say hi. That's the end of part two. We don't go anywhere because in part three, we have the upcoming game week fixtures. We have FPL content creator FPL Nymphra will be picking our FPL team. And uh, yeah, that's just exciting. This is Ground Control to Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Jump, they say jump. David, can you get my shoes for me? Welcome to part three then. Uh, let's have a look at the upcoming game week fixtures. Game week eight, Saturday the 5th of October. We're Brighton against Tottenham in the early kickoff. Oh dear. Burnley against Everton. Then it's Liverpool against Leicester. Norwich against Aston Villa. Watford against Sheffield United. West Ham against Crystal Palace in the evening kickoff. And on Sunday the 6th of October, four fixtures. Arsenal against Bournemouth. Man City against Wolves. Southampton against Chelsea. And... Wow. Newcastle versus Man United. Fixtures that catch your eye. Ooh, Brighton against Spurs, obviously, which we discussed in the last four meetings. Spurs have won three of those. Uh, Nathan? Yeah, the one that catches my eye is um, Newcastle versus Manchester United. Uh, Newcastle obviously got absolutely shellacked by... Leicester last week um, and looked pretty abysmal but arguably United looked just as terrible at the moment as well that game on Monday was not a classic Arsenal Man United uh, I think both te- the best way to describe I think both teams resembled a broken chair <laughs> if you can put that image in your head yeah I think Arsenal looked quite solid in that game which considering their defence has been an abomination all season Shows you just how kind of toothless United look this season. Um, And just to kind of echo on that. So 
you mentioned obviously Solskjaer's record in his last 28 games being worse than uh, Jose's last 28 yeah. games. Just to kind of look at that a bit more, they have only scored more than one goal in three of their last 21 games. This is Man United we're talking about. Wow. Um, and their haul of nine points from the opening seven league games is the lowest they've ever had at this stage in the Premier League. Brilliant. Well. So, yeah, I think I predicted that Solskjaer would get sacked in October in the previews. And yeah, I think I did November, didn't I? Yeah. So Or before Christmas. And I don't think this weekend's going to help either. I, I actually fancy Newcastle to sneak a result. <laughs> biggly, biggly. Mm, that eh? is going out on a limb, but... They're going to need to be tighter than what they were at Leicester. I can see them going back to the old Benitez way of five at the back, three hard-to-beat midfielders in midfield, and just grinding out something. They might not get a win, but I, I can't see United winning at St. James's. Mm, and Newcastle need a response, don't they, after that defeat to Leicester. Speaking of Leicester, Liverpool versus Leicester. Normally tight affairs with Liverpool coming up on top. Uh, although uh, Leicester have not yet faced off against Liverpool as a Brendan Rodgers side. Vardy has scored seven goals in eight appearances against Liverpool. That's interesting. Salah has three goals and four appearances against Leicester and Mane two and two. Uh, Nathan, uh, there's a player coming back. Yeah, um, he might not make this weekend, but it definitely looks like he'll be back by the international break that Alisson is apparently returning to full training this week which is good news for me because he's in my draft squad now yeah I mean I don't think it makes a massive difference to Liverpool overall but yeah it's good for you isn't it yeah. Will uh, any fixtures that caught your eye uh, well, I'm very excited about the Liverpool-Leicester game. Um, I think Leicester are playing particularly well at the moment. And I'm still a little hesitant about the Liverpool defence. They've conceded 11 big chances this season, which means I don't think they'll concede a lot of goals. But I think there's definitely an opportunity for uh, for Leicester to score. Um, but the game where I think there could be loads of goals is Arsenal versus Bournemouth. Mm. Um, we've got two teams who just seem to have completely forgotten the art of defending. No team has conceded more shots this season than Arsenal with 126. And Bournemouth aren't far behind with 118. <laughs> so um, this could be 8-9, this match. <laughs> I mean, with the forwards they've got. We look in the top forwards. Um, Callum Wilson is third in the expected goals chart. So he's got 3.47. Only Abraham and Aguero are ahead of him. Um, there's going to be goals. It's going to be exciting. There always traditionally is goals, isn't there? Yeah, the, this looks like it's going to have goals. And just in terms of the FPL form league as well, three of the top six players are in this fixture. So they are Josh King, Callum Wilson and Aubameyang. The only other three players in that top six are all Man City players. Wow, exciting stuff. Other fixtures that caught my eye, um, you've got Burnley versus Everton. The last time these teams faced off at Turf Moor in December, Everton spanked the Clarets 5-1. Luca Dean scored two goals. Sigerson was on the score sheet also. And funny enough, he hasn't scored yet this season. So could this be the week? I mean, seven games without a goal. Hmm. I know someone was fishing around for Sigurdsson in the uh, draft league. Because he's going to score soon. <laughs> he's going to score soon. Um, the other fixture, actually, quite interesting. Norwich versus Villa. Um, mm. uh, first, my thoughts were, well, Villa looked like a stronger side. but And Norwich won both games 2-1 in the championship last season. So, I, you know, I think there's going to be goals in this one. And uh, you could favour Norwich. Norwich's injury list is absolutely horrific at the moment. Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? But uh, 
We'll see. Pookie to the rescue. Yeah, Norwich versus Aston Villa is a really interesting game. I think it's a last last chance saloon, I feel, slightly for Pookie. It feels strange to say that already, but he is uh, he's blanked twice in a row, uh, as has Todd Cantwell. And the home matches are where Norwich have been performing well. And we need to see something from Pookie. We need to see some encouraging signs of those, of those early season games. Um, and Aston Villa does present an opportunity. Mm. Mm, definitely Villa also this season they've dropped eight points from winning positions so far and they've been ahead by twice in two games as well so obviously against Arsenal they went ahead twice and still didn't win and Burnley they were ahead twice and didn't win as well so they really need to sort that out if they turn those into wins then they'd be in the top half they're actually in the bottom three now Mm, I think both teams fancy this, don't they? It's going to be a proper mm. ding-dong. And okay. if we're talking about... Uh, sorry, I'm going to bust in on you there, Alfie, again. But we were talking before about Arsenal and Bournemouth both having conceded a lot of shots. Well, the two teams that have split them uh, in second and third most conceded shots are Norwich and Aston Villa, who've both conceded 121 shots each. Mm. Tasty. So, goals, goals, goals. Goals, goals, goals. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, maybe I might watch that uh, through my legal stream. Um, the FPL content creator now for you people. Uh, we're going to listen to very briefly the FPL Nympha who has the trending transfers. In terms of the goalkeepers, FPL managers seem to be turning to the Sheffield United goalkeeper, with over 14,000 managers already having transferred Henderson in ahead of game week 8. With the news of Fabianski's injury and the possibility that the West Ham goalkeeper might be out for up to three weeks, over 21,000 of you have already shifted away from the joint highest scoring goalkeeper in FPL with 32 points. In defence, there are three trendiest players already forming this week. They are Lundstrom. Tamori and Creswell. Lundstrom is leading the trend so far at the time of recording this, with over 53,000 of you getting him in already. It's the likes of Uria, who got a red card in game week 7 and so as a result is now suspended, Dinya and Wambasaka, who are losing out in FPL managers' teams. In midfield, there are two players battling it out to become the trendiest midfielder to have ahead of game week 8 in De Bruyne and Mount, both having been brought brought in by over 89,000 of you so far at the time of recording this. Surprisingly, it's Salah and Sterling who are getting moved on for these players, with over 45,000 of you selling Salah on. Up front, despite Tammy's blank last week, he is still the trendiest striker transfer this week, with 66 plus thousand of you already getting the Chelsea man in. However, there are two new strikers fighting their way back into managers' teams in Wilson and King. The two Two Bournemouth men have had over 35,000 transfers in ahead of game week 8, with Wilson just edging ahead of King. It's Pookie who is making way this game week, despite him being at home to Aston Villa. That was of course FPL Nymphra. Uh, if you want to hear more from her, you can go to her YouTube page. You can select the link in our podcast blurb in the episode blurb and you just click and go. Great. So picking our FPL team, our team sheet reads Michael, Trent, Robertson, Ricardo, Ake, Sterling, Salah, KDB, McGinn, Ayo and Tammy. And the bench is dead donkey, Kelly and Greenwood. We have 0.6 million to spend. And we were discussing that it's possible to trade out I think Ake 
for either Lundstrom at 4.4 or Otamendi um, or hold the transfer. We've decided, Nathan, to go for... Bit of a gamble. We're going to take bring in Lundstrom. Lundstrom, of course, Sheffield United away to Watford. Um, what was it you saying to me off mic, Nathan, about Lundstrom? That apparently he only started four games for Sheffield United in their promotion season last season. So he really is bolt from the blue. But apparently Wilder at the start of the season said to Lundstrom that you're going to play this year, even though you weren't ready in the team. So brilliant. Yeah. Caught everyone by surprise. Will, you like Lundstrom, don't you? I do. Well, he's that wonderful thing in FPL of, uh, he plays out of position. So he's down as a defender at FPL, but he's playing in midfield. So he has more chances to get goals and assists, but he also picks up clean sheet points. Should uh, Sheffield United keep a clean sheet? And, He's priced incredibly low, I think, for the reasons Nathan's just said. He didn't play much. He's, he was with 4 million. He started the season at 4 million. And FPL is really about value. You've got to make your team value for money. Get the players who are underpriced. That's how you do well in FPL. And he is a player who, even at 4.4, is underpriced. Brilliant. And also, by uh, getting them at such a cheap price, that means it puts our transfer kitty up, which means we... Should be able to transfer Jordan Ayew yeah. at some point for an upgrade. He's some. done his two right. goals for this season. He's done now, hasn't he? Mm. So that's the transfer done. Now the only question is our captaincy. Obviously, KDB is likely to be out. Salah, I mean, Salah's always an option, of course. It's, it always seems the option. Uh, he has scored, got a good goal-scoring record against Leicester. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, the other option is Sterling. But then, Will, you were saying about KDB going out, that could uh, affect Sterling a little bit. Well, just KDB's been in such tremendous form this season, so nine assists already. He's supplying and creating so many chances. How has that got to impact the rest of the City attack? Mm. Yeah, it could go stodgy, couldn't it? Right, Nathan, what are we going with? I've, I take that on board, but I think Sterling's the best option other than maybe Tammy Abraham against Southampton. Right, okay. So we're going to go for the double gamble. It's like a reverse gamble. There you go. Mm. So that's our FBL team. And that's the end of part three. But coming up in part four with the answer to our question, the clean sheet forecasts and notable players. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to part four. Right now, we're going to do the uh, quiz question. So I asked, Alan Shearer is one of five Alans to have managed in the Premier League. Can you name the other four? Who wants to go for Nathan? Who wants to go first, Nathan? I'll go. Um, two obvious ones, Alan Kerbishley yep. and Alan Pardew. Yep. Um, Alan Ball. Yep. Yes. One more left to get. Oh, he's oh, going to be God. a clean sweep, Will. He might have given it a chance. Uh, do, do we give Will a chance? Yeah, give him a chance. Don't give me a chance. I haven't got, I haven't got a clue, literally. Um, Alan. Alan. All right, I'll give you a clue. Oh, I know the answer to this, but I'll give Will a chance. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you guys are so kind, making me suffer here. I can't think of uh, another Alan. Will, Go, if you I, know Nathan. So he, he's, he's certainly showed a lot of desire. Passion. No, no, I've already said that. I've already said Alan, Alan Shearer is one of five Alan's who managed the Premier League. Oh. Who the <laughs> <f> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, swear. mate. That's all right. Um, no, I'll give you a clue. Crystal Palace. Yes. And we've had Alan Pardew. Nathan's got it. Nathan's got it. Go on, Nathan. 
Was his name Alan Clark? No. No, he's the actor. He's I can got, see it. He's got the bald same head. surname as two strikers that I've played before. One of them still commentates. Or Palace, or just in general? Just in general. One of them played Alan for Arsenal. Smith. There we go. Yeah. Whoa, nice and easy. Nice and easy, especially when Nathan decided to go back on Shearer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would suggest that maybe an Alan is not always the key to success. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Right, clean sheet forecasts. Yes. West Ham versus Palace. There's 13 goals in the last four matches between these two. And uh, Nathan Vabianski has an injury worry, doesn't he? Yeah, hip injury. Early reports seem to suggest he could be out for up to two months at the moment, which is a big blow to fantasy managers who've got him in his team. Like yeah. you. Like um, me. Um, Newcastle Man United, we discussed earlier. Newcastle lost two notes in James's in January. Uh, but their tough tackling Isaac Hayden is suspended. Uh, Arsenal versus Bournemouth as Will said lots of goals 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 uh, 5-1 to Arsenal at the Emirates in February uh, and all, uh, although they were on the losing side most times Bournemouth have scored four goals in the last three matchups against the Gunners mm. uh, City versus Wolves City spanked Wolves 3-0 in this fixture last time round and Southampton against Chelsea Southampton traditionally don't like scoring against Chelsea but then again, there's also question marks uh, about Chelsea's defence this season. Well, they did just keep a clean sheet, which I predicted, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do the predictions this week. I've only got three. I've only got three down. Um, there was another one, but then I changed my mind, I think. Man City, and I'm going to go for a nil-nil between Sheffield United and Watford. And that's it. Yeah. Nathan? Uh, Burnley, uh, Sheffield United. Manchester City, and then Newcastle United. Oh, he's gone for the Johnnies. Okay, Will. Burnley, Manchester City, Manchester United. Oh. <laughs> Again, low, low, low week for clean sheets, we all think, right? Looking at those fixtures. Yeah. So notable players. Nathan, you like Newcastle players this week. Yeah, just I'm going to keep going on about Newcastle this week. The defenders, I think, your um, Lascelles for me would be the one that I'd pick out. Ooh. Or maybe uh, Yedlin's finally back from injury as well. So potentially could get some assists as well. But I can't see Newcastle getting any goals. I actually think this might be a nil-nil. Mm, okay, well, I'm going to offer some uh, balance now. For uh, for draft managers, uh, if you're playing with tackle interception bonuses, uh, a player I drafted in actually was I noticed came out of the gold network. Uh, Aston Villa midfielder, marvelous Nakamba, mm. great name first of all. Nineteen tackles and interceptions in the last three games. So if you're doing bonuses like that, that could be good. Another one along those lines. Keep your eye. Maybe Sean Longstaff. Going along with uh, Nathan's Newcastle thread. Six tattle, uh, tackles and interceptions and then thrashing by Leicester. And um, being home against United could be well up for it, as they say. Will, uh, strikers, you you always got your eye on strikers. I do indeed. I've got another uh, members table I've created on Fantasy Football Scout, which gives me the top attacking players. The three players I uh, recommend this week are Sergio Aguero, 
surprise, surprise, Tammy Abraham and Callum Wilson. Um, now, what's interesting about these players, Sergio Aguero, 10 big chances. Now, a big chance is, according to Opta, it's a chance that you would expect the player to score. 10 big chances for Sergio Aguero, nine for Tammy Abraham and eight for Callum Wilson. These players are getting very good quality chances. And I expect that to continue in game week eight. And for fan tracks, got some notable players as given to us by the wonderful fantasy football chaps. Thanks, guys. Uh, so they got one defender, one midfield, one forward. Uh, and that info was taken from their Game Week 8 Hot or Cold Player Rankings article currently on Fantrax HQ. Check out. Uh, so the defender is Tomori. The midfielder is Norwood. And the forward is Yamalenko. Uh, these players are shining on the Fantrax platform at the moment and are relatively low owned based on their form. Uh, Ness, uh, that's about it from us. Before we go, we are just going to quickly discuss which beer you should be drinking this weekend, of course. Um, at Texas Hodim says, heading to Hong Kong next week. Uh, any ideas? Obviously, stay safe with uh, the clampdown on the protesters there. But I was at a beer festival a few months back, and one of my highlights was actually a brewery from Hong Kong. Young Master, they're called. Mm. Do all sorts of styles, and I was really impressed with all of them. Good. Well, enjoy that at Texas Hodim. Get absolutely smashed. <laughs> drink responsibly. <laughs> but drink responsibly whilst getting smashed. So that's it from us uh, this week. Uh, we'll be back after the international break uh, around about the 16th of this month. Uh, many thanks to Nathan. Thank you. Top Marks, a.k.a. Will. Thank you very much for having me, Alf. Absolute e. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Gunn, Matt Kearney, uh, FPR Nymphra, and to the fantasy football chaps, if you need to, you can contact us on Ultimate F Pod uh, and Twitter. Yeah, do that. In the meantime, take care of ourselves and each other. Enjoy Game Week 8. Enjoy the international break. We'll see you soon. Get